0: I'm going to ask you to stand. Let's stand this morning. We're going to do something uh, a little bit different, a little bit different. Normally, we read uh, a full text or verses to launch our our message. That's what I normally do. But today, I'm just going to give you a reference point and some scriptures along the way. But uh, the reference point is Genesis chapter 37. So Genesis chapter 37 in your Bibles, our message today is going to begin with a very familiar story from Genesis 37, Um, but before we do anything else, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how you ministered to us uh, during the first service and how that you're here with us at the second service. I pray, God, that you would open our, uh, our minds and our understanding Lord, that you would challenge us and encourage us today. Uh, We are just beginning 2024, and God, we want to honor you with every hour and with every day, week, and month. Lord, let us honor you in 2024. I pray, God, that we would begin to take steps of faith. I pray, God, that we would begin to trust you uh, in areas and have renewed vision and renewed dreams for the future. And so, God, touch your people. Help us today to receive from you. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <laughs> Hallelujah. Of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day, that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood So some of you might know that I I love history. Uh, This past Monday, our nation celebrated Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day for, and for a few people, it was a a day off from school or maybe even from uh, from work. Uh, But we know that for others, it was just another ordinary day. Uh, I learned, as many of you did as well, that in school, that Dr. King was a Baptist minister, Uh, who became one of the most visible civil rights leaders uh, during that time. And so during a very difficult time in our nation, we know that that included dealing with racism and segregation. And Dr. King, he really stands out in our nation's history because he greatly advanced civil rights through nonviolence and civil disobedience to the extent that sometimes we compare him to, to Gandhi. Now, listen, when I think of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I get several mental images of organized street marches. I get some images of bus boycotts and even some famous speeches. In fact, the clip that we just heard is from a very famous speech that took place on the uh, Washington Memorial overlooking the reflecting pool from the National Monument in D.C. Does anybody, uh, and, and if you missed it, boy, Uh, You really missed it. But does anybody remember the theme or the name of the speech that you just heard? He repeated it several times, hint, hint. Anybody know the name of it? I have a dream, dream. all right? So that now famous, and it was 17 minutes in total, uh, is regarded as one of the finest and most recognizable speeches uh, in American history. Some people don't know this, but the paper for this speech, I don't know exactly how the story goes, but I believe he had an introduction and then he there wasn't a reaction that he was expecting from the people. It was kind of falling flat. If you've ever done any public speaking and you're talking and you're like not connecting with the people, sometimes you can panic and you're like, what am I going to do? And so I believe it was either... Uh, it was either blank or he decided to veer from it. He folded it and he just the, the speech that we know today was just from the was was just from the from the head. It's just kind of given out. And that speech, that 17-minute speech inspired songs. It inspired several movies and books and while at the same time serving as a major platform for a movement really that, that continued long after Dr. King's death. This morning, I have a dream. That speech partly has become inspiration for me because today I want to talk to you about having a dream. What it is to have a dream. Do we, do we have any dreamers here this morning? Anybody have a couple of head nods, a couple of hands? Uh, uh, have you ever dreamed, or are, are, are there anyone, anyone that still dreams? Is there anyone that still dreams? Listen, when, when, when you were young, what kinds, of, what kinds of dreams that you dream about? What kinds of things? Like, what did you imagine you would, that you would do with your life? Who did you envision that you would become when you grew up? Lots of questions that can be asked about dreaming, right? Sadly, if you dreamed as a child, sometimes life and people or the challenges that we face have a way of killing our dreams or maybe even clouding our vision. The reality is that many people have stopped dreaming or we think that dreaming is just for kids or, or for people who haven't faced the difficulties of life yet. And so you look at somebody and you say, oh, you're just a dreamer like it was a bad thing. Many of us have actually become jaded. We've become cynical when it comes to dreams or actively dreaming today. And I, I really feel like that's sad. I feel that sad. See, I'm convinced that God actually plants within each of his children's hearts a dream and a vision for the future. Like there's a task that we were created for and there's a purpose that you and I were specifically designed to fulfill. I have even said there is a job, there is a mission, there is a dream that God has given to you that only you can fulfill i like to say that we were created on purpose and for a purpose. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 11, it kind of confirms that. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for what? For good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like a dream to me. I have a dream. Listen, as followers of Christ, whether you realize it or not, God has a purpose and God has a plan and and God has a vision and God has a dream for your life. Whether you realize it or not, our God wants to bless us. In the meantime, I don't know if you know this, the devil is a dream killer. The devil is a dream killer. I mean, do you seriously think that Satan, the devil, the enemy of our souls wants you to fulfill your God-given dreams like, like he's just going to stand by and, and watch it all happen without putting up a fight? And that's why I say it's important to fight for your dreams, Remember Acts chapter 2 and verse 17 says that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Say "All all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. But how many of you know that dreams aren't just for old men? not calling you an old man today in fact some of you know that because you you have kids or have had kids with a very active imagination and, and or you are raising a dreamer I could tell you stories about my kids, but I don't want to embarrass two of them this morning. But there were some dreams and some things that they stated as young children when they could put on costumes and, and run around and jump off of things and do that. As children, we just dream and, and we begin to think that the sky is, is the limit. We could do almost anything. And it's amazing. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. If you've ever read through the Bible, at some point, you may have run into some crazy genealogy where there are hard names to pronounce. Anybody ever read that? You're reading through the Bible, maybe, trying to go from Genesis to Revelation. You, maybe you ran into some of that. But if you stuck it out, you may have, uh, at some point, read the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis. That's the story that we are referencing this morning. Or maybe you just heard about Joseph somewhere and you know that Joseph was young and that God had given him a dream. So listen, you don't have to be old. Dreams can come at any stage of life. Well, through the life of Joseph, beginning in Genesis 37, and again, you want to turn there, be a good place to kind of follow along. We learn in Genesis 37 a lot about dreams in general. And once again, the Bible gives us some practical knowledge about a subject that can actually change our lives. See, it's, it's exciting when you have a dream. And sometimes in our excitement, we want to share it with the whole world. I don't know if you've ever had a dream and you're like, you can't wait to share it with your best friend or you, you can't wait to share it with people around you. But sometimes when you take a step toward reaching for your dreams, you might encounter a delay. Anybody ever been delayed? doing anything. That should be almost all of us. I know that sometimes we just want things to happen and they don't. And it's like, man, why am I being delayed? And so the dream doesn't always come to pass right away. And then and then listen if it's a god-given dream I almost guarantee you you are going to face some obstacles you are going to face some detours you might even face some dead ends along the way to having your dream fulfilled Sometimes you'll be so far from achieving or realizing your dream that you're, you you will actually think that you're a fool for believing that such a thing was even possible. You're like, I must have had too much pizza last night. I must have been up too late. I must need some sleep or something. I don't know what I was thinking. It's not coming to pass. It's taking too long. It's it's, it's not a reality. I must have just been, you know, crazy. And yet it's important in those moments to remember that the delay of a dream is sometimes a part of God's plan. When things don't happen right away, it's part of the process, and that can be part of God's plan. And, and we know that this was the case with Joseph. We know that Joseph was the kind of the hero of the final chapters of Genesis. Now, listen, to say that Joseph uh, was significant is to put it mildly. See, one preacher uh, said that the creation of the Bible was covered in the first two chapters in Genesis, but we know that the story of Joseph uh, actually got 13 chapters. So so he was definitely an important person. And see, had it not been for Joseph, We know that the nation of Israel would have perished from the face of the earth. And we know that Jesus, the Messiah, he had to come through Israel. And so Joseph was clearly an important person. Early on, Joseph dreamed big things for himself. But those God-given dreams were delayed. This morning, we're going to discover why. We're going to talk about it. Along the way, we're gonna learn some amazing things about God and maybe you'll learn why our dreams, why your dreams have been delayed so we can start believing and trusting that God will help us to dream again and to know that if he has given you a dream, it will come to pass in his perfect time for his purpose. Amen. At this point in Genesis 37, the lead character in the story of Genesis changes. Here, Jacob kind of becomes a supporting actor while his 17-year-old son, Joseph, takes the starring role. Now, Jacob, he loved his boy, Joseph. In fact, he, he favored him above all his children because he was his firstborn son of his favorite but deceased wife, Rachel. And so it appears that Joseph showed some aptitude for leadership early on. And in Genesis 37 and verse 2, if you'll go there, he, we know that Joseph took it upon himself to report to his father some of the bad things his older brothers were doing. Listen, I am the youngest of 13, and I have many, many stories where I thought, listen, I got to tell mom and dad, I got to let them know what you were doing. And so I thought it was my business to get into your business. If you were one of my siblings, you might have experienced that I know I'm the only one that's ever done that. I know nobody has ever tattled on their siblings or family members, but Joseph needed to tell some of the bad things that his brothers were doing to his father, Jacob. For him, it was like filling out a a bad job performance report on his older brothers and his brothers hated him for it. You you think that Jacob would have seen trouble brewing, uh, but somehow, like I've actually been told by my parent growing up, by my mom, mind your business. I, I think it was like, I'm glad I know the information, but I need to let you know, mind your business. Jacob should have saw trouble brewing. Somehow he, he might have missed the bitterness that was growing in his, own, in his own family. And rather than calm the situation, I think he kind of made it worse by removing Joseph from the work field, from doing manual labor with his brothers. And Jacob actually promoted Joseph to manager. His brothers hated him even more now. And see, Joseph, the youngest, was promoted to supervisor and the so-called code of many colors. Anybody remember reading about the code of many colors? Maybe you've seen a performance or a movie and, and we have kind of this vision or maybe this, this play, this thing that is acted out that Jacob gave his son this code of many colors. And, and I, I, when I think of it, I think of him like showing off, like when you get something new for Christmas and you want the world to know, look what I got, look what I got. And it's like, you know what? You need to chill down a little bit you're a little bit too stuck on yourself and and I wonder if that's some of the reaction his brothers gave him in hebrew we know that that when it refers to the coat of many colors it's literally a tunic of extremity because some have said that it had a a law that it was long that it had tight sleeves and that the whole jacket extended down to the ankles so maybe not the vision that we're used to thinking about the coat of many colors but again some have believed that it was like that and so it's going down to to his ankles and the coat was very stiff and it was covered with all kinds of ornate Decorations and it actually prevented Joseph from doing common labor with his brothers. This snot-nosed 17-year-old was now in charge of the family sheep business. Jo- Jacob looked at Joseph and he saw potential and he felt an overwhelming love for his boy, and then mistakenly concluded that he was now ready to lead. Joseph already had a high opinion of himself because of his father's love and after receiving two symbolic dreams, he also also believed that he was qualified to take charge right there and then. He must have been emotionally devastated when the dream of leadership was delayed. So we have to ask ourselves, why does God delay the fulfillment of our dreams sometimes why don't some of our dreams come to pass right away if you're taking notes number one god's person is not always ready for the dream god's person is not always ready for the dream see leaders require strength in at least two different areas competence and character competence and character. While competence is the ability to do a job and to do it well, you can't lead people somewhere you haven't yourself been. And then character is, the, is who you are as a person. And see, leaders must be viewed as trustworthy. They must be viewed as selfless, among other things, before people will actually follow them. You have to be mature. You have to lead by example. And when you don't, when you're weak in these areas, you can see that kind of leadership and where it leads. Anybody ever seen someone who lacks in character and yet they have the position of leader? You ever see someone who's incompetent, and maybe you've even said those words, you're like, you do not, you you get the keys out of that guy's hands. That guy should not be the supervisor. That guy should not be leading sheep. He should not be leading cats or dogs, Never, never mind people. And so while Joseph, he had the makings of a great leader, he wasn't ready to assume that role yet. See, his competence needed to be refined. In Genesis 37 and verse 15, we actually find him, and there's a word in there that I'm going to refer to a lot, we find him lost and wandering. Say wandering. He is wandering in a field. Now, listen, getting yourself lost is not a good sign for a shepherd. It's not a good look, right? You really have to know the land and know it well. You have to know where you're going. You have to know where you are leading the sheep so you don't lead them off a cliff or you don't lead them into a pit or you don't lead them into danger. And so you have to know the lay of the land. You, you have to know where you're going. And here Joseph is found wandering. I mean, how could Joseph's brothers respect and and follow this snot-nosed kid without having, uh, without him having the basic skill of competence? And listen, at this point, his character is also questionable. There's listen. There's no indication that Joseph was a bad guy. I'm not saying that, but the signs of immaturity surrounded him. He had no qualms, like I said, about telling or ratting out his brothers. It was like no big deal. I mean, they probably did do something wrong. But the wording of the original language indicates, listen to this, it indicates that he brought a bad report to purposefully tarnish their reputations, possibly for self-advancement. He's like the coworker who patiently waits and watches for you to do something wrong so that they can report you and get your job or get promoted over you. And Joseph also appeared totally oblivious to his brother's feelings. Remember, he shared not not one but two dreams about how he was going to be the boss of them, how he was going to rule over them. That's called adding insult to injury. Truthfully, a person who's so totally unaware of other people and their feelings does not yet have the character to lead. And so Joseph's dream was delayed. Listen, if God has placed a dream or a vision for your life, in your life, on your heart, but you haven't entered into it yet, maybe it's because you are not ready for it yet. You yourself, you are not ready. God gave you a dream when you were 10 years old. God gave you a dream. As you are a young adult, you wanna see it come to pass. You're passionate about it, you're excited about it. You could see God using you or you could see this door opening, you could see this opportunity. Man, the sky's the limit. I could really do this, but why isn't it coming to pass? Why is it taking so long? Why isn't it coming together? You're not ready. You're not ready. Maybe your competence needs to be built up in an area by humbling yourself and learning to serve where you are. See, this is the deal and I don't have this down, but uh, you know, if you are not willing to clean toilets, if you are not willing to do whatever needs to be done in the season that you are in and you expect promotion, keep waiting, keep waiting. And, and, and if you try to self-advance, that's a formula for destruction. That's a, that's a disastrous thing. There's a delay there for a reason. You may not be ready for it. God is trying to develop your competence. God is trying to develop your character. Like I said, you and I, we have seen people that have been promoted to leadership positions and they do not belong leading, but somewhere along the way, a shortcut was taken. There was some initiative uh, by that person to manipulate, to get people to maybe see him or her in the right light, and maybe you know who they really are behind those closed doors. Maybe you know who they really are, and you're like, my goodness, they should not be in leadership. Again, when you try to advance, when God brings delay into your life, it is a formula for disaster. So delay is all a part of God's plan, and, and you and I have to be humble enough to accept that maybe we, we are not ready for the thing that God has called us to do. But Pastor Freddie, why did God show me that? Uh, Why, you know, why do I feel like I need to go in this direction? Well, there is a process and and there are steps and and there is a journey and there is an adventure that God has you on and along the way he is trying to develop you, along the way he is trying to get you to, to be competent in this area, to read enough books, to be under enough teaching, to be with other people who display strong character so that you can emulate that, so that you can be. Begin to see that it's not about me, myself, and I. That everything you do in life has a greater purpose when it comes to God. And so you may be thinking about your little dream or what you think is a big dream. But in reality, it's small in comparison to what God wants to do. But if you are not willing to work in the process and if you are not willing to wait on the dream and if you are not willing to experience whatever delay comes, you Are not ready. Another reason God's dream for your life may be delayed is God's timing is not right for the dream. God's timing, say timing. How many of you know that God's timing is not always your timing? One of the biggest themes of Joseph's story is providence, and I'm not talking about Providence, Rhode Island. No, providence is God's orchestration of history. It is how God is moving behind the scenes and even in front of the scenes. It's the idea that God is directing all of life's events and everyone's life to an appointed end. Pastor Mark Driscoll says that God interacts in history with two hands, the first hand is visible, and the other hand is invisible. And that first hand that is visible, we can see it through miracles. Like when Sarah gave birth in her 90s or when Jacob uh, wrestled with the angel of the Lord or when Moses called down plagues on Egypt, when Jesus and his disciples healed and they cast out demons. That is the visible hand of God when you can see the supernatural and the miraculous taking place. And that's awesome when God's moving that way. That's awesome when we can see it that way. But the other hand is invisible. See, God also sets things in motion behind the scenes. How many of you know that God is working behind the scenes? God is working behind the scenes in your life. God is working behind the scenes in your situation. Uh, unlike his ancestors we know that Abraham unlike his ancestors Abraham Isaac and Jacob we know that Joseph never sees and he never hears God like his ancestors did he dreamed a couple of dreams but they're not really miraculous and so Joseph's story is all about God's invisible hand the providence of God And the author of Genesis, he demonstrates this theme in verses 15 through 17 of uh, chapter 37. See, it's odd that Moses would actually take the time to record Joseph wandering around a field. Sometimes I read scripture and I'm like, why is that in there? Why is that important? Why did that have to be said? It's odd also that a man with no name would just happen to run upon Joseph and ask him what he was doing. It's odd that when Joseph asked if the man had seen his brothers. He just happened to overhear that they were headed to Dotham, 14 miles to the north. It's a little odd interlude, but how many of you know that God is in the details? See, believe it or not, that this whole story, the story of Joseph, it hinges on this event. I mean, think of what would not have happened without this scene taking place. See, like, without this encounter, Joseph would not. Would, Joseph would not have found his brothers. He would have returned home. He would not have gone out to Egypt. Had Joseph not become lost uh, uh, for a period of time, he would have found his brothers too quickly, and there would have been no chance for the Midianite traders to buy and transport him to Egypt. We're talking about providence. We're talking about when you dream and there are things taking place that you don't know why this is taking so long. You don't know why you're dealing with this delay, but you know that it's not happening now and you want your dream now and you wanna experience what God has now and there's a reason, there's a reason you're not ready, and maybe it's not God's timing. And so Moses, the writer of Genesis, is trying to tell us in a subtle way that God is at work providentially. His hand, his invisible hand, was moving upon Joseph and directing events toward the fulfillment of his dream. All things that Joseph had no control over. And we are a bunch of control freaks. We wanna control everything. We know we wanna control the timing. And we wanna control the way it happens. We wanna control the colors. We want to control the, 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 the way it comes in. Joseph had no control and neither do you. I want you to do something with me this morning. I want you to take a, a few steps back from the story. And listen, the big picture actually reveals God's providence. See, Joseph's leadership wasn't really needed at that time. And in that moment, the regional famine that was going to happen would not take place for several decades later. It was at that crucial moment in the future that Joseph needed to be in leadership, not a day sooner. It was in that day, in the future, that things had to go into motion in order for him to be able to be in Egypt and then rescue his family. In fact, I want you to take another step back and you'll see that the famine had to occur at just the right time too. see within a generation after Israel's arrival in Egypt, a series of Asiatic people groups named the Hyksos, they invaded the land. They swept into Egypt. They waged war with uh, with never-before-seen chariots. They seized control over Egypt. And Israel was then enslaved for 300 years. The Hyksos were eventually expelled and native Egyptians regained their political power. At that point, the Israelites had grown so numerous that they were enslaved for another hundred years by a paranoid Pharaoh. This fulfilled God's word to Abraham way back in Genesis chapter 15. You can go there or follow along on the screens. Genesis 15, verses 13 and 14 and 16 says, know that for, a cer- nor f- know for certain... That for 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated there. Granted, this prophecy, this word came so long ago. It didn't come to pass right away, but here you have it. It's the fulfillment. Let's go to verse 14. It goes on to say, but I will punish the nation that they serve as slaves. Who did God punish in the story of Genesis, in the story of Joseph? Joseph. The Egyptians. I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. How did they do that? The Egyptians threw their their possessions upon them. Get out of here. Move quicker. Move faster. You know, we don't want any more plagues. We don't want any more destruction. And so they just gave. They just said, go. And in the fourth, verse 16, in the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. And so that simple delay of wandering in a field set events into motion. So that God's word would be fulfilled more than 400 years later. See, it's all about God's timing, it's all about God's timing with your dream. It's all about God's timing with your dream that really matters. I mean, think about how this understanding of God's providence would have encouraged the generation getting ready to cross the Jordan River back into the promised land. They were the ones who this prophecy was spoken about. And so Joseph's wandering, directed by the invisible hand of God, made their moment possible. And they would have been certain that that same providence would guide them back to Canaan, see It's all about timing, God's timing, with your dream. Listen, you you might think you're ready. You're ready for God's dream in every way right now. Pastor Freddie, I am so ready to start this business. I am so ready to go into this new area. I am so ready. God told me I was gonna do this. And Pastor Freddie, I'm serious. I'm shaking. I, I just feel like I'm ready now. But God's time for it may not be now, may not be yet. See, when you have a, a, a dream that is delayed, you have to trust that God's timing is perfect and your timing is not. And so instead of being angry, instead of being cynical, instead of feeling jaded, trust that God is in control and that His timing is perfect. Trust the process. Trust that the season that you are in is a season where your competence and your character are being developed. God is developing His person, God is fulfilling His timetable. There are things that have to take place. You are just one piece of the puzzle. And with that, I'll say number three, God's purpose is bigger than your dream. God's purpose is bigger than your dream. See, when Joseph initially dreamed his dream, it was good. How many of you had a good dream? A good dream. And yet sometimes our dreams are are rather small by God's standards. We, we're we're thinking in terms of maybe here and now. We're thinking of, in terms of, you know, God just wants me to open a little business and, and he wants me to take care of his family. But you're just thinking so small because what God wants to do is he wants to take that little business and he wants to take your ambition and he wants to take your passion. And if you are God's person and God's time and his competence is developed in you and his character is developed on you, that business can be used for the glory of god and next thing you know you might be offering a service and you have people coming that just happen to be broken that just happen to be lost and in the process of making a little money and having a little business all of a sudden you're directing people to church and all of a sudden you're bringing people to bible study and all of a sudden and so the plan of god the providence of god is being fulfilled in the purpose behind the dream you thought it was just about this little business you thought about, it was just about this little thing. Joseph envisioned family leadership only for himself. He assumed it meant ruling over maybe the tribe of Israel. And, and so Joseph expected merely to reserve, uh, receive rather the birthright and the blessing, plus his older brothers, man, they just kept disqualifying themselves. By by their their leadership, by their actions, Simeon and Levi were disqualified for murdering the men in Shechem and Reuben, the oldest son, he slept with one of Jacob's concubines to usurp his father's authority. He was also disqualified. And so maybe these events were what inspired Joseph to bring a bad report about uh, the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah because as far as we know, their reputations were acceptable up to that point. Although we know that Joseph was number 11, Of the 12 sons, Joseph must have thought that soon I'm gonna be a leader. I mean, after all, these guys are dropping like flies. They are disqualifying themselves from leadership and it must be the time. Now is the time for the dream. I gotta go tell dad. I gotta go tell dad what they did so that things can get into motion. And yet God's purpose for Joseph's dream was much bigger than he thought. In fact, Judah, Jacob's uh, uh, fourth son, eventually assumed leadership of the family while Joseph was thought to be dead. Now, Joseph's dream did involve leadership, but its purpose was to preserve the family. Eventually, he he eventually enabled them to survive a severe famine in the land, and that was much, much bigger than Joseph's leadership dream. And so, yes, they were enslaved in Egypt, but that enslavement preserved them from the waves of invaders that swept across the land of Canaan over the next several centuries. In fact, while in Egypt, that single family grew to upwards of 1 million by the time of the Exodus. And when they left Egypt, they were enriched because the Egyptian people dumped all of their wealth on them to avoid angering God any further. And so Joseph's dream played a bigger role than the self-preservation, multiplication, and enrichment of Israel. God was glorified through Joseph's dream. Something a a 17-year-old kid could probably not even begin to imagine. Joseph's dream actually set up a conflict between the Lord God and a stubborn Pharaoh. The Lord soundly defeated Egypt. It's God's, it's army, and it's leader. And Israel was liberated and God was glorified. All because of a dream. I have a dream. God wants to be glorified by your dreams. God wants you to dream. Again, Paul spoke of this in Romans nine seventeen when he said, I raise you up for this purpose. That I might, listen, that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. God does not waste his dreams on you. God is wanting for his name to be proclaimed. God is wanting to be glorified in your life. God is wanting to be glorified by your actions. God is not giving you a dream to waste it. God is not giving you a dream for, for self-enrichment. God is not giving you a dream just to elevate you and to promote you. That is a little piece of the puzzle. God wants to be glorified through your dreams. He wants to be glorified. So if God has given you a dream, you gotta realize that it's not just about you. See, God's purpose is bigger than your dream. That's why if your dream is just to own a brand new Lexus or a Mercedes or or some kind of a luxury yacht or to be famous and rich, that's probably not a God-given dream. In fact, that kind of dream is selfish in so many ways. Sometimes the dream that God gives you gets mixed up with our bad motives. So that dream will be delayed until you realize that God's purpose is much, much bigger than you. Worship team, come. I mean, Jesus understood this concept of dream delay perfectly. He experienced it. He knew that he was the son of God. He knew that he would rule the world. He knew, he understood that the father would give all authority in heaven and in earth to him. He comprehended that he would rule the kingdom of God. But Jesus did not rush the dream. How did he address it? He said, not my will, but your will be done. Father, if at all possible, let this cup pass from me. I know that I'm going to be the savior of the world. I know that through what I'm going to accomplish on the cross, through through the envisioning of that dream, that fulfillment, that things are going to take place and come together. And God, you are wanting to save the world through me. But Lord, if at all possible, let this pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. When we experience a dream delay, we gotta take our cue. From the Apostle Paul and ultimately from Jesus, like Paul said, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. we And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And we know that Jesus suffered the humiliating and painful delay of the cross to achieve his dream, the salvation of all humanity. But the joy of the kingdom and the joy of his children in it prompted him to endure the delay. Stand to your feet. Remember, almost all God-given dreams are delayed. Almost all God-given dreams are delayed. And so dust off the dream. Reawaken that vision. The delay was and is a part of God's plan. So trust God in the process. In humility, admit that you aren't ready yet by faith, trust uh, that God's timing will be perfect and get over yourself. God's purpose is bigger than your dream. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you are doing in the lives of your people. I thank you, God, for a dream that you gave us uh, over 11 years ago, God, uh, over 11 years ago to start a church. Lord and to see what you would do in the lives that you would touch and and thank you for that dream I personally thank you for that dream that you gave me that one day I would have a a, a good, solid, godly family after years and years of seeing uh, addiction and alcoholism and brokenness in my upbringing. But all I wanted, all I dreamed about was a dream to have my own family and to not have it broken and to not be messed up and to not be uh, dictated in my life by alcoholism and all of that lifestyle. And God, today I am the recipient. I am the the one that is living the dream because of Jesus. So many here this morning that have stopped dreaming. I pray God that you would give them a God-given dream. I pray God that you would help them to believe again. I pray God that they would recognize that, Lord, you if you gave them a dream and it hasn't come to pass it doesn't mean that it's done there's delay there's delay and you are wanting to work on your person you are wanting to us to recognize that your timing is important and that ultimately your purpose is bigger and greater than our dream so help us lord help us to reset help us to dream Help us to believe 2024 will be greater than last year. 2024 will be a year dedicated and devoted to you. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. Amen.